when it comes to me delivering a treatment, I'm really good at what I do. You're an expert. I did not have a clue how to run a business. Hi Jane, how are you today? I'm really well, thanks Ash, how are you? I'm not too bad, we were just talking on a, off air about the fact that, okay, not so much today, but you know, the sun is starting to shine a little bit and I think it's making a big difference to everyone's sort of um, attitude, I suppose, a little bit of spring in the step as well as spring in the air, which is quite nice. Yeah, definitely, it's lots of leaves coming out and flowers blooming, which is always lovely to see, yeah. And I saw bluebells this morning. Yeah, my favourite. Oh, too early. <laughs> yeah, they're usually April. I guess we're yeah. not so far. Yeah. April, May. Yeah, saw some bluebells. So, um, for our audience, Jane, do you want to just uh, let's let's start um, with who you are, what you do, and you know what's the as I always like to kind of put it, you know, what's the change you're trying to make in the world? How do you help people? So, just just introduce yourself, and we'll we'll go from there. Oh, thanks, Ash. Well, um, for those people who don't know me, I'm Jane McDowell. I'm Bristol's favourite drug-free migraine and headache solution. And um, yeah, it's my mission in life to help as many people as I can who suffer from migraines and headaches. And that's because I have also suffered with migraines and headaches since I was 19. So that's a long time ago now. Um, <laughs> and yeah, just the the whole the whole thing that comes with you know having frequent debilitating migraines it's this is it's really kind of horrible hamster wheel you get on you know you you kind of fall into this pattern of having regular migraines and so when you're having a migraine you're you know everyone's experience is different but you know quite for a lot of people the experience is pretty horrendous you know you're knocked out for up to three days you can't really function you're in a dark room quite often lying in bed unable to really communicate with people very well often you know feeling very sick or actually vomiting you know the, the symptoms of migraines are horrible and then when you come out of that then you're kind of living in the expectation of it coming back and and that you know that does all sorts of things for your for your life and your well-being because you know at the merest sign of a headache you're likely to start popping headache pills you know and then if you think mm. it's turning into migraine then you'll take some migraine pills and then you know and then it so it goes on and I really want to help people get out of off that hamster wheel because you know taking that amount of medication all the time it's actually having a really detrimental effect on your long-term health. And ironically, it, it will cause you to have more headaches. So that's the irony of painkillers. They actually, you know, in the long run, cause you more headaches. So it's my, it's my mission and my passion to help as many people as I can. And that really is borne out the fact that I suffered really badly with migraines really frequently that had an impact on all areas of my life. So, you know, at work, I was always phoning in sick or, or trying to struggle through with a migraine to the point where I couldn't. And it really made me feel like my colleagues felt like I was unreliable or flaky, you know, and the same would happen socially. So, you know, 
I'd make arrangements with friends and have to duck out last minute and all that kind of stuff. And so it really impacts on your confidence and, you know, your joie de vivre, really. So, mm. um, yeah. And then, fast forward, um, about five years ago, I had a really bad migraine. I'd taken all my migraine medication. I just couldn't get comfortable. I felt like I didn't know what to do with myself. I was in so much pain. So I decided to take some codeine to knock me out on top of the migraine medication that I'd already taken. And then an hour later, paramedics in my house sticking on heart monitors because I'd had a really bad reaction to the codeine. Now I'd taken codeine loads of times before and suddenly I had a bad reaction to it that really felt like I was having a heart attack. I was, just felt so ill. I was in excruciating pain, didn't know what was happening. So after that event where they said, oh, actually it's, it's affected your liver function only temporarily, thank goodness. But it really got me thinking, I can't carry on like this. I need to do something different. So, you know, I am qualified therapist anyway in reflexology and massage. And so I looked for a way to combine those things with other techniques to help manage the whole migraine situation. And that's how I've developed my own unique system for um, a drug-free approach to migraines. So that's what, how I work with my clients. And it's really great because I can do it online as well as in person. Mm. So yeah, so that's amazing. where I'm at. I'm, that's amazing. I mean, there's so much there. So the, the, the thing that jumped out at me straight away, because um, I, I want to, I'm going to talk about the business um, uh, in, in a minute. But before that, when you were talking, whilst I've never suffered from migraines, I suffer from, um, interestingly, since I was 19, um, from quite a, a severely um, affected back. So I've got two degenerative discs in my back. And I can go for months without it being um, an issue at all. But, you know, you wouldn't even know that I've got a bad back. I'm in the gym, I'm playing golf, I'm strong, I'm flexible, I'm confident, um, all the rest of it. And then I can have weeks where I'm constantly aware of it, where it, it, it's niggling, um, if, if you like, for lack of another word. And then I can have periods of time where it goes into spasm and I am completely debilitated. Now, whilst mm. I'm not in a dark room, um, I feel like I want to be in a dark room. I can't walk. Um, just sitting is excruciatingly painful. Lying is excruciatingly painful. And I spend the next several days, you know, it usually takes me a week to 10 days to recover. That has become shorter as I've managed to sort of um, make my body stronger and, and, and mm. manage it. But I will then spend the next several weeks in anticipation of that next episode, if you like. And I, I know there certainly was a quite long period of my life, you know, sort of 10 year period in my life in my thirties where I, I suspect much of my mood was dictated to me by that sort of ongoing, I'm just waiting for it to pop again. You know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just waiting for that. that um, I, I'm gonna bend down to, because I've dropped the toothpaste on the floor or whatever it is, or when I sneeze, I can't sneeze in a relaxed way. I kind of hold it, you know, prepare myself for a sneeze or what, you know. So I suppose, you know, having not experienced 
a migraine and not knowing what it's like. That's the kind of closest I could come to it, I think, to understanding maybe not the pain and what it feels like, but certainly the, what it's like to live with in, in terms of... Yeah, definitely. It's that kind of underlying feeling of dread and fear, isn't it? Kind of, you know, yeah. oh, oh, is it coming? Is it coming? In the, yeah, yeah. And I think, I think because when you're tense like that and you're, you're anticipating something you probably make it worse because you're you know you're exactly. conscious of it so you kind of almost bring it on if you like rather than being I mean I I know that when I'm truly relaxed my back is absolutely fine um and there are I go I can go you know significant periods of time where I don't think about it at all but it, it, I, it only needs to be sort of 10 percent the other way and I can start to become aware of, aware of it and I hold myself differently and, and I start getting very conscious of it and then that puts me into that loop again yeah, so it's, it's, it's really interesting because I've, I've never experienced migraines, but I know people who have. And I wouldn't say I'm dismissive of it, but I've never really thought about how they've experienced it in the same way I have to handle my back. So that's kind of given me a new insight mm. into what, what they're having to deal with. So how, how did you, you know, what, what happened? Did, were you, in terms of the business, were you already qualified in reflexology and, and, and other healing things or did everything all come together did you make a decision that actually i can't do medicine anymore um or take the drugs anymore i'm going to um find out whether what alternatives there are and set up a business or did you just find alternatives and then say to yourself oh actually maybe i can put this in front of more people tell me about that, that kind of that journey and yeah that yeah it, it very much evolved so um i've been qualified for well since 2000 so that's 21 years now that's ridiculous um, <laughs> so um and and i and i knew that you know having regular reflexology helped to you know manage my migraines to an extent as in you know um they didn't it, they weren't as frequent however i was still relying on medication when they did strike um and then, of course, if it came to a point where I wasn't having um, regular reflexology um, or doing it to myself for whatever reason, life gets in the way sometimes, then, you know, I would get them more frequently and more intensely. And so, you know, I, I, I always worked with people who are in pain because reflexology is a great way um, to, to manage pain. So, you know, I was doing that anyway. <clears throat> But it was really when I experienced the, the codeine episode that I thought, right, and I need to find a drug-free way for myself. Yeah. Let me. So I went on a journey kind of testing lots of things out on myself, looking into things more deeply, reading up, you know, lots of stuff around nutrition and sleep and migraines and why they happen and all that kind of stuff. And out of that, I, I kind of evolved this this system that I use now. So anything that I recommend my clients do are things that I've done myself and I practice myself. So um, yeah, it's been really, really effective. And then of course, COVID lockdown came along and I, uh, I thought, well, okay. Cause I, up to that point, I'd only ever seen people in person yeah, and it I'd never even contemplated can I do this online because I always just thought oh it's you know me doing the hand stuff is you know key so kind of 
couple of weeks into lockdown and I realized it wasn't just going to be three weeks <laughs> and I thought well right I need to do something because I need some income basically um and you know there was lots of talk about what support there would be for self-employed people etc and I just thought well you know rather than rely on something else just get out there and try and work something out so I I gradually started to have online sessions with people just as you know a freebie people I knew who'd say oh you know I've got really bad sinusitis at the moment or my jaw is really killing me and blah, blah, blah. so I'd say well let's just hop on a zoom and see if I can help you so I'd guide them through a treatment and they feel better and then I thought hmm, okay so maybe this can work for my migraine clients so yeah I got you know my first migraine client went through the whole process worked really well and yeah and then been flying ever since so yeah so just for clarity so with the reflexology work that you were doing did you already have your own business before lockdown or were you working yeah and yeah yeah you already I, had your own business yeah yeah but you you basically um the whole lockdown covid thing you know we're talking a, a year ago now roughly depending on when you listen to this but um that was the kind of the catalyst to launch the the migraine treatment i already had the migraine treatments in person I think, however, that doing online is providing a better outcome for my clients, which is surprising to me because I thought it wouldn't. But the thing is that now, because rather than them being passive and lying there and letting me treat them, and, you know, they quite often fall asleep, which is lovely, whatever. (laughs) um, But now they're able to do it on themselves and help themselves. So at the end of working with me over a period of time, they have a toolkit. So they know how to work on themselves and they know all the other areas around health and wellbeing that, you know, making small changes can really affect change. So, um, yeah, so it, it empowers them to look after themselves for the rest of their life, rather than relying on, mm. uh, you know, coming back to me every now and then I mean, people are very welcome to come back to me <laughs> and some of my clients quite like it to, you know, for me to hold the space for them to, to have a treatment. But, you know, essentially they've got the toolkit that they can help themselves. As you were talking, the word that jumped out at me uh, listening to you was that word empower, because I think that there's an element of with treatment like this and I'm thinking about business as well that you know in my role I try very much not to just tell people what to do apart from anything else everybody's business is is individual but my my role very much is to I'm going to steal your word but empower people to be able to make their own decisions and to think for themselves and and I uh, you know somebody much wiser than me once told me that every business has the answers you just have to know what questions to ask it yeah and, and I think, you know, what you're saying is that arguably we know our bodies intuitively. The answers are within our bodies. We just need to know what questions to ask the body yeah. in order to get, you know, to, to dig out um, those answers. And I'm, I'm always reminded of, um, as you know, my background is in, um, you know, professional sports coaching and, and where my coaching background and perhaps differs from other sports coaches is that it's in tennis and the one of the key rule differences between tennis and many 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 other sports 
because it is against the rules to coach during a match. Yeah. So football coaches can stand on the sidelines and shout. Uh, rugby coaches can deliver information as well. American football, hockey, netball, whatever it is, predominantly team sports, you can coach and affect change um, through your coaching, through what you see. You can make substitutions, all the rest of it, and affect the game whilst you're not actually on the pitch. Whereas with tennis, you can't do that. Mm. You, you, you uh, set your player off with a strategy, um, prepare them as best as you can, decide what the tactics are. But once they step onto that court, they are on their own, even to the point where if you go to the, to, you know, for uh, a bathroom break in the middle of a match, you are escorted there and back just to make sure you're not having any communication with your coach. And, you know, people have been cited for, you know, tipping their hat and scratching their eyes in the wrong place and all this sort of stuff. And, and sorry, the point I'm getting to is that I then, therefore, my coaching process has always been around empowering my players to think for themselves and to solve problems themselves on, on the court. So it's just a, quite an interesting parallel that you're discovering or you've discovered because of this kind of online um, um, method of delivery that you've almost been forced into helping your patients, patients, clients? Clients, I say. Clients, patients, yeah, clients, to solve their own problems, but with your guidance and the toolkit that you're you're giving them. And I just see a lot, a lot of parallels there, both with my sports coaching and the work that we do, that we do now. It's quite, and did, it did, it, 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 I stopped myself rambling, but was that something that you kind of unraveled or did you have a moment when you went, actually, do you know what? The best thing here would be for me to just give, give them the toolkit and let them get on with it. Or, or did it just sort of evolve? How did, how did Yeah, it kind of evolved really. Um, like I said, I wasn't really sure if it would work because, you know, um, without sounding big headed or anything, but a lot of my clients previously would put a view sort of saying, oh, Jane has magic hands, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it was, and, and I was talking to another friend of mine who is an osteopath actually. And, and he was saying that, you know, Earlier on in his career, he used to also, because people would say, oh, you've got magic hands, that he would also think, oh, it's my hands, you know, something about me and my hands. And he said, when I stepped back from that and let go of that, he said it was really empowering for him and also his clients, because, you know, for him to have the thought that it's not my hands, it's them doing it themselves. I'm just facilitating the change yeah. in my and and so yeah I kind of had a similar realization um because you know uh, first of all I was a bit anxious that oh, will they actually find the right point and you know are they doing it correctly and I can't sort of reach across and correct it or whatever <laughs> yeah but the thing is that you know when I start working with with people that you know sometimes they I can see that they're not getting it because I know from the feedback that they're not quite getting the right place but over time they find it and once you found it you know you connect to it and then you mm -hmm. can go back to it and then so it's it's a journey for them and 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 it's uh yeah I'm just really loving it I'm loving the results that people are getting and just you know I'm it's making such a difference in people's lives and that's what I'd like to do for all the 10 million people in the UK that suffer from migraines wow so, yeah I mean, that's yeah. like a sixth 
nearly a seventh, well, seventh, nearly a sixth of the population, isn't it? Which is yeah, exactly. And you know that um, migraine-related sick days cost um, British business £4.4 billion a year. So if anyone out there would like to help me save British business £4.4 billion, <laughs> then, you know, well, introduce me people you know. Yeah. <laughs> without, without question. So have you, have you, I mean, just coming back to the business itself, I mean, how, do, how does your business model work? You've got, I'm presuming you predominantly work with one-to-one clients and they're all on, uh, all online now. But is there any kind of demand? Are you seeing any demand or desire, I suppose, to get back to that hands-on approach? Or do you think this is a model now that you are, I was going to say stuck with, but that, that has no negative connotations, that you, you've chosen to kind of, uh, keep as an anchor for the business going forwards. You know, what 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 what's what's thoughts in terms of reaching more people and and the best route to do that? Because if COVID hadn't happened, what would you have done? And yeah, now, such a you're good now question. On a different path. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. What's your thinking? I mean, there? yeah, I'm I'm gonna keep on doing the online stuff because just because it does empower my clients so much more than seeing me in person I mean you know I'm still going to see people in person when I can because for some people you know some people are do it for me and some people are more do it yourself so for people who really do it for me they're not going to practice in between sessions and you know so you know that's fine for a lot of people especially when they come to work with me they're at the point where things just have to change and they're Mm. they don't want to carry on doing what they've been doing you know it's that whole idea of doing the same thing over and over and nothing changes obviously so you need to do something different always so (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah so by the time people come to me they they are ready to do something different and help themselves so I think that's why the online the online packages for migraine sufferers really really help yeah and do you think Sorry, I was going to say, do you think you are starting to attract those sorts of people now predominantly as opposed to the sort of people who want a hands-on approach? Yeah, yeah. You did break up slightly there, Ash, but I think you said, am I starting to attract those kind of people? Yeah, right. You know, so obviously you've got, you've got two types of people, those that are, want the hands-on approach and those that are prepared to kind of work with you and, and do it with you rather than it done for them yeah so do you think yeah you are starting to attract more of those sorts of people um do you think that will change um well yeah hopefully more and more people will find out about it and uh and come along and experience it yeah um i think that in a way that people who resist wanting to help themselves probably are always going to be the people who will just fall back to using medication because it's perhaps they find it easier or they're not ready to change there's something else going on for them that needs to change first does that make sense i I think it does i I happen no it does there there are always you, you, you know you think about a gym right lots and lots of people have a gym membership yeah. But don't go. Okay. Some people uh, go to the gym and they're quite happy to work on their own. And some people get a personal trainer. 
Okay. Now I, I'm, I'm the form, the, the, the latter. I, I use a personal trainer because I know if I've got a trainer, I'm going to turn up. But the trainer can't lift the weights for me. He, he can. Um, and you and I met through um, someone who's been on this podcast before, um, Sarah Heyman Watt, and she's a she's a personal trainer, so you'll understand, and she certainly will understand this principle that fundamentally you do have to do the work. But I think that most people, whether it's with health, whether it's business, whether it's injury, we'd all love a magic wand. We'd all love it to be done for us, you know. And and you know, the gym equivalent, I suppose, is liposuction, you know, or, or steroids or, or whatever, and and, and, and when it comes to health and migraines, et cetera, I suppose a pill is seen as the equivalent of that. You know, if I take a pill, the pain goes away. So it's fixed. And, and we are as a species becoming more and more uh, attracted to, um, uh, what's the word, sort of instant gratification and, and working on yourself, yeah. whether it's emotionally, whether it's uh, physically, whether it's from a health perspective, it's quite hard work. I, I, I think a lot of people kind of resist that, that. Oh, I've actually got to do something, you know, rather, rather than oh, you can take yeah. care of it for me. Do you come up? Do you, I mean, is is that something you see? That is, do you think that's part of the resistance? Yeah, I mean, yeah. So some people come to me because the way I work is people come to me. We have a chat. We see if we're a match to work together, because if it turns out that they're looking for some quick fix that they are expecting to come for a session and feel better, then we're not matched. Because basically, you know, if you've had a, um, an issue for a long time, it's going to take a while to, to, to make it better. The more embedded so the habit. I work with yeah. 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 So I work with people over a bit of time. Um, and that's the way I work. So if people who are wanting a quick fix, that doesn't suit them. And, and you know, so we're not a match to work together. So, you know, in those circumstances, I might, you know, signpost them to some other helpful information, or I might suggest that they go and see another therapist that I know, you know, maybe take a different route in into, you know, resolving their migraines. But essentially, you know, people have to want to do something about it. There is no you must see you know when with businesses that you work with ash you know that they've got some issue in their business and they just think oh well, i'll get fixed but they need to do a lot of work in order for that change to happen yeah and yeah it's, it's, so. it, it's interesting because we we don't tend to work with people who want uh who, who want a pill and uh, you know we, we even talk about it on our website that you know working with us is not a magic wand you know we don't believe in fairies um you, yeah. you have to do the work my my background my history my values are all about putting the work in and, and not necessarily working harder but you've got to do the right work and if you do the right work at the right time in the right way you will see change and you will see results and Quite honestly, that it doesn't matter if you're learning to hit a golf ball, if you're learning to, you know, treat your uh, own migraines, if you're wanting to stretch, if you're wanting to get stronger, if you want to lose weight, you know, what, whatever it is, if you want to improve your business, as long as you work by the principle of one percent a day, you do yeah. the right stuff, you will you will get there. Yeah, exactly. I, I think there's an important lesson in that because I think a lot of people just think 
all they have to do is turn up. Yeah. Yeah, that whole one percent thing is really key to how I work with people as well. So, you know, making changes in other areas of your life, you know, whether it be, you know, what you're eating or all your sleep patterns or, you know, how much you're moving a day, etc. You know, I set my clients well, for want of a better word, a challenge. So, you know, mm -hmm. we'll make changes slowly. So it's not kind of like, come to me for one session, right, you're going to change all this around what you eat and drink or what you don't need to drink. Um, you know, we, we do it one step at a time, see what works, see, you know, and, and then you can ingrain those new habits. So, you know, otherwise you just, if something happens in your life, you just, boom, default to what you were doing before yeah. because it's not sustainable to manage huge change in one go so yeah yeah and I, and I see it in business as well people just jump from one one perceived quick fix to the next quick fix to the next quick fix and they just end up running around in circles and not actually getting anywhere because all they're doing is having to change stuff all the time rather than just picking something trusting the process and sticking with it yeah definitely yeah that's really important i want to i want to if it's okay i want to just take you back to um, uh, just, just, just go back a little bit because it's a question I ask everybody on this on this um, on this podcast is obviously this year has been quite interesting <laughs> as we were talking about off air but if, if you could take yourself back to the day you started your business so you know you've, you've decided to step out and you know initially it was reflexology um, and, and you could have 30 seconds you could have a minute with your with your, you know, that version of yourself back then, before you were going to start your business, what, what, you know, what words of wisdom would you give that Jane, um, knowing what you know now? Oh, that's so easy. Go and get a business coach, because <laughs> um, you know. I haven't paid Jane a penny, because, by the way. Um, no, honestly, no. And, I, and I, and I, you know, I do have a business mentor from a different source. So yeah, yeah. Um, the one thing that I realised, you know, I I trained as a reflexologist, as a massage therapist. I've done loads of, you know, advanced training in in, in reflexology, etc. And you know, when it comes to me delivering a treatment, I'm really good at what I do. You're an expert. I did not have a clue how to run a business how to get clients how to market myself how to price what I do none of that I knew none of it so I started and I really was not very successful to begin with you know so I saw clients I helped people but you know some days some weeks I couldn't even afford to to buy food so I thought actually if I want to do this for the rest of my working life um because I had to I had a career in the NHS before I set up my business, even though I was qualified. Mm. Um, I thought, I just, you know, I need to invest in that side of things. So, yeah, and I wish I'd done it earlier, that's what I'm saying. No, but at least you did it. And I, and I think you, okay, I'm, I'm slightly biased, but, uh, you know, I, I go back all, all my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but all my, my whole life, I've always surrounded myself with somebody who's, knows more about where I want to do where I want to go than I know so I've, I've always had yeah uh, I've always had coaches now whether it was a tennis coach or a business coach I have a coach now as well because they're there and, and it 
I like to surround myself with people who actually don't know my business particularly well because then they ask the stupid questions. Uh, and and I, I think that's really healthy and that's really powerful. So it's, I, I would say that it's really, um, you know, hats off to you that you recognize that as being something that was a, uh, a gap to succeeding and then taking the step to do something about it because a lot of people do and don't you know we we are we talked about habits earlier and, and ingrained habits we often start working with people who have had their business six seven eight nine years and are still really doing what they do what they were doing in year one you know their their their, their attitudes yeah. and their learning and where they're at about how to run their business and what to do to grow it or improve it hasn't fundamentally changed and they're just being influenced by whoever shouts loudest you know rather yeah. than looking at the strategy and where they want the business to go and set the goals and getting the right information and advice um and i don't care if they come to us i just think go and get some advice go and get some yeah. support because i'd love them to come to us but you know fundamentally you've, you've got to find people that resonate with you you have that share your values and will challenge you in the right way and you know i, I would applaud you would applaud you for doing that because i don't think enough people do it personally. yeah well i i think if i hadn't then i probably would have given up and gone and got a, a sort of salaried job by now yeah yeah, yeah definitely really, really interesting. so um jane just to finish off if if you know there, there's bound to be i mean you said six million 10 million people wasn't it so that's that's a sixth sixth and maybe a seventh of the population so for every seven people that listen to this one person might well be suffering from a six and a half people let's call it um, might be suffering from a migraine so people want to reach out to you and, and and they you know they they like what they've heard and they would like some help what's the you know we'll, obviously we'll put your links in the show notes and stuff but what's the what's the easiest way to um you know grab hold of you and have a have a chat to see if you can help them Oh, that's really kind, Ash. Um, so the easiest way is contact me through my website, which is www.jane.org. Brilliant. Yeah, always happy to chat to people, migraines, yeah. Super, brilliant. Well, Jane, thank you for coming on. Really interesting listening to your journey and, and what you've done and how you're helping, you know, throw a stone in the pond and and, and causing a ripple, which is all, um, always, always nice to hear. And Thank you for that advocacy of get yourself some help as well, because I think that's so important. Yeah, it's bad. Brilliant. Thank you, Jane. Cool. You've been listening to the Hitting the Wall podcast with me, Ash Taylor. This podcast is produced by The Business Clubhouse. The Business Clubhouse is a great community of business owners who share ideas, challenge and support each other to run better businesses for themselves and their families. If you'd like to grow your business with the right people around you and with the right tools to help you, visit thebusinessclubhouse.co.uk where you can request a complimentary copy of the best-selling Hitting the Wall.